It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd, plus... Ba-da-da-da-da, you're loving him. Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Let's get it, G. Bush and his early... 1990s Cleveland Indians swag. Vintage. In the Landmade sweatshirt. Or what yeah. is Landmade, by the way? Tell so, the so Landmade is, is, uh, is my brand. It's my, it's my personal baby. Uh, started it in 2020 when I was in Ohio Media School. Sometimes, man, God tell you to just do something, mm-hmm. even if you don't know what the end result is going to be. So, like, when I started this, this was just a platform for me to write articles when I was in school. Uh, give me something that? to do. Can for sure. Yeah, let's see that. For sure. And, like, it, it got double meaning to it. So, you do your ge- ge- uh, genealogy. Yep. My family are Native American, uh, Blackfoot, Cherokee, Indians. So the broken arrow is a sign for peace. Uh, it's one of the Blackfoot, Cherokee signs for peace. And then Landmate, man, I'm from Cleveland, born and raised. So. Shout out, see, listen, man. Shout out to Earl and his, his, his Blackfeet. Shout out to the Iroquois Nation of <laughs> upstate New York. We in the building, 25%. I got the DNA test. <laughs> I got it. I got to did not me, but it was my grandmother. But so I had to go 23 of me. Shout out to them. That's a nice jacket. Though. Hey, listen, right. Mm. Listen, this boy. Listen, this is a this is a, a hand me down. Let me just tell you that my uncle. Who, gave, who's big enough to give you a hand me down? That was kind of funny. That was real funny. <laughs> that was some funny stuff, right? This is my uncle. Jesus, my, gonna hit me. Now watch this. Watch this. Now look. Yeah, my, my uncle who passed away, he gave me this. Gee, come on, bro. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, like come for on. real, like yeah, like he gave it to me. Like, it is fly. Yeah, like he, like he was a really big Indians fan. Went to all, every opening day. Starters jackets need to make a comeback. They I do. feel like that was like the look, and I've seen a couple old. I had the Packers starter jackets. Vintage, like old Cavs starter jackets recently. The black and blue, the the Gundarina, yeah. which is still my favorite Cavs color scheme when they had the light blue and the black. But starter jackets were a staple of every guy's wardrobe back in the day and now I feel like it's it's a retro retro come. kind of vibe Tyvis yeah. has a couple but yeah yeah Tyvis listen we're not gonna speak on Tyvis's gear Tyvis has to get on here and speak about his own gear <laughs> he lost the battle last year he came in here looking like Tupac with a bandana and, and a Versace dish rag and this dude <laughs> lost that battle he just lost like point blank I'm just confused Tyvis where you at well Tyvis just turned 30 G Happy belated birthday on Friday, Tyvis. Shout out to you, by the way. Enter the 30 Club. Speaking of birthdays, real quick, it's my sister's 29th birthday, so happy birthday, Becca. Shout out to you over in Germany, who's probably not watching, but still, I did my due diligence. So so that's your sister, so what goes with McNuggets fries? See, uh, we're going to move on. You, you see, look, we're going to move on that real quick. He's like, not allowed to talk to black guys. Leave me alone. <laughs> he got that face. I just 
Don't you talk about my sister, man? Happy birthday to to Sister Lucas, man. God bless you, man. I wish you wish you well. That sounds like one of the deacon's wives. Sister Sister Lucas. Sister Lucas. Sister Lucas at my house. And you know, y'all know something crazy. Like I'm the fifth Earl Malden in my family. And my yeah, and my uncle is a deacon. Deacon Earl Morden. Are you guys, but you're not a junior technically, are you? No. Nah. Okay. So That's like, crazy. yeah. So like, you know, my, my great so great grandfather, my grandfather, my great grandfather, my uncle. When was the first Earl Malden in the family? Uh, it was my great 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 grandfather. So this is this is eight. This is three centuries worth yeah. of Maldens now. Earl yeah, Maldens. So yeah, y'all. Damn. Do you got like a burial plot? <laughs> like you got where like you got a, a plot where just yeah, so, all the Maldens go right here. My family, the Malden family, is from Blue Hill, uh, Bluefield, West Virginia, and there's actually a hill in Bluefield called Malden Hill. That's crazy. Are there any other Garrett's in the Bush family? No, 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 no. It's just one and only. It's G. Bush. That's it. All the rest of the names, I'm not gonna say they come below. But. I'm the second Anthony Antonelli. I was named after my grandfather. Nice. What's your dad's name? Bernie. Bernie? That's crazy. I Bernie don't know. Antonelli, such a swag <laughs> Bernie name. And how did, how did well, I, I guess it's Bernard. But... I didn't know your dad's name was Bernie. <laughs> yeah, it was Bernie. You just called him Mr. Antonelli, didn't so, you? So, like, is Bernie short for Bernard? Yeah. Okay, I think Bernard Antonelli sounds like Bernard Regal. Antonelli. Yeah. He sounds like he sounds like an underboss for the Columbo the crime Antonelli syndicate. crime mob. We got a big show on tap for you guys. One, one more thing though, before we get into a lot of content, we got a lot of Browns and Cavs content to get to. We'll, yeah. we'll talk to Jason from Arizona for some spring training. A lot of stuff to get to, but real quick on names. When you guys were creating characters in, in Madden or NCAA or 2K or MLB the show, did you have like a go-to name you always use? Yes. What was yours? So this is, listen, so I got two <laughs> games. Shout out, we used to have a dynasty. Shout out um, to my man from North Carolina, Gavin Richardson, a.k.a. G. Rich, a.k.a. the richest in charge. He was a quarterback. He had the dreadlocks and the visor, stayed for three and a half years. He was getting that NIL before the NIL. And then <laughs> Omar Chase at defensive end, Oklahoma State. Omar Chase was the first dude to run a 4-4 at the combine, got drafted by the Eagles. Shout out to my you man, like Omar Chase. Spanish gangster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Like, we was deep into it. We was, like, we was heavy into it. And there was a guy, shout out to my uh, roommate, Chris Foreman, by the way. He used to, he used to, he used to call, um, he used to have this, this safety called, uh, uh, his last name was Mac. And he used to sing the Return of the Mac song, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> We was like, there's no reason why I should remember that, but yes, we did have names. Earl, did you have a, a go-to staple name when you were creating a player in any mm. of those video games? It was just always my first and last oh, name. But oh, you were one of the ones who made it yourself. Yeah, I just always made it myself. See, like especially back when I was playing NBA Live before 2K, uh-huh. because I always lacked hoop skills, and so that was the game to where yeah, I'm definitely gonna be Earl Morton. I'm about to be the hooper that I always wanted to be. <laughs> That I never, that I never could be when I when I create this player. That's so. how you know it's not a real athlete. That's when you cool. when you got to use your own name. Yeah, for that. sure. And did you ever go to, or did you not? Did you not play those kind of games growing up? And, you were wait, wait well, I completely missed what you were asking. I'm sorry. When you were creating a player, either Madden, 2K, college football, whatever game, did you have a go-to default name you always made your? Oh, I use my own name for those. Yeah. Like, I just got Madden 24, Once and I, it's my own name. I mean, Anthony was playing. Wait, you created a player in Madden 24? Yeah, what position did you play? Yeah, I'm a quarterback right now. I am 4-1 and one with the Minnesota Vikings. 
So you're not a Brown? This no, is, I just let it draft wherever. I'm surprised he's not a Bronco. I, I yeah. expect him not yeah. to be a Cleveland Brown. That's fair. That's fair. I expect that. Anthony, you, you, I can't believe you got a dynasty. <laughs> like if you, like you look like you like carry around like a six-sided dice for D and D. I bet like, you he does play D and D. I bet true. you uh, at was the first person like with Pokemon. He was the first person to ever take Pikachu and beat Charizard. Hey, listen. Like he he fought the cheat cheat code to beat Charizard with Pikachu. I bet you he did. People don't. You know. can ask him. People. I didn't play the first generation until I was in like high school. I started at generation three, so they weren't in that one. You see how he had a dead straight face? <laughs> yeah. Like he's not playing with y'all. No, a- listen. When you start talking anime, Pokemon, cartoons with playing. Anthony, it, his tone changes from oh, for so nice low key Anthony Cantaspelli to I'll rip your head off in these games. But and before we jump into topics today, who brings us today's show? Today's show, as always, is brought to us by FanDuel. You guys can get buckets on your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets. You got same game live parlays, exclusive prop bets, and plenty more. You guys can visit FanDuel.com UCSS to shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official partner and sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, so we're going to talk about the Browns' rookie class and where it was graded by NFL.com. Today we're going to talk about the Browns' defensive championship foundation, a continuation of our conversation yesterday on the offensive side of the ball. We'll talk some Cavs, we'll talk some Guardians, we'll talk LeBron James, but we'll start today with the news out of Tampa Bay. Mike Evans and the Buccaneers did not come to a contract extension. They are unlikely to use the franchise tag on Mike Evans, which means there's a chance he'll hit the open market as a free agent. G. Bush, you are the captain (laughs) <laughs> the leader of Operation Stockpile. Uh, if, and the big thing here is if Mike Evans was to hit the open market as a free agent, should he be priority number one this season, this offseason for Andrew Barry and the Cleveland Browns? If any receiver hits the open market, <laughs> it, it could be your cousin. If he hits the open market, I want your cousin on my roster running around running little switch option routes as a, a slot receiver. Of course. The answer is yes, Operation Stockpile. This is the best part of the season. This is the part of the season where I can, in my head, add pieces and parts to the team, and they're going to be great. Think about this. Amari Cooper and Mike Evans? Mm-hmm. Now, when I think about the, the Browns going into Arrowhead or playing the Ravens or playing the Dolphins, I can say I got Mike Evans. And Amari Cooper, can you imagine the professional routes they would run on people? Could you imagine the type of up top skill set that they got? 13 touchdowns last year, 1,200 yards. I memorized all his stats. I believe it's 79 receptions. I want all parts of my – I don't want all parts, but I just want parts of his game to transfer uh, to the Browns right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, so for me, like, look, I get it. You know, what's the cons? We'll hear, hear a lot of them. He's going to want a bag, right? He's going to want a bag. He's he's a little older, a little longer in the tooth. Maybe you think he's going to – I can hear Adam the Bull saying, I, I just don't like it. Ah, receiver is 31 years old, fall off the clip. And Jay sitting over there, gee, gee, but gee, I, I just – I can't agree with that right now. And I am I just hear what they saying. And Jason Lloyd, he just got the frown on. He just, mm, I don't like nobody. <laughs> but me, 
We got we in here we in here on G Bush Takeover. We get to talk about all the fun stuff. And Mike Evans is the top receiver, the top thing that I want to talk about today, Earl. Tell me why I'm crazy that I want Mike Evans. Well, no, you're not crazy. And 31 ain't old, right? So like, he'll be 31 when the season start. Uh, you're not crazy at all, as you alluded to. 12.55 exact was the yardage total for this yes, year. Sir. 13 touchdowns. He done went over 1K in each of his 10 seasons. Listen, Mike G, we're not in a position to turn down nobody <laughs> if they was to hit the open market. But like you said, realistically, I don't believe he's going to hit the market. But if he does, you know, definitely to bring him in. And if you decide to bring him in and somebody else as well, cool. Um, I know Mike Evans is the topic, but like real, my number one choice would be T Higgins. Mm -hmm. Number two would probably be Mike Evans. But I think both of those are unrealistic. Some realistic options that I have, Calvin Ridley, 29 years I'll old. I'll take him. Went uh, 1,016, eight touchdowns last year. Michael Pittman Jr., 26 years old, went over 1,100 yards, had four touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Take him. And then Gabe Davis, of course, who was in Buffalo with uh, Dorsey. Ken Dorsey, yep. 24 years old, coming off his rookie contract, 746 yards, seven touchdowns. The thing about him, he's had at least six touchdowns in each of his four seasons in the NFL. And so – I would love and I can dream and fantasize about having Mike mm -hmm. Evans on this roster sure as can. well. I just don't think realistically that's going to be uh, that's going to be the case. Yeah, the reports that it, oh, first off, I'm in Jay Crawford's seat. Okay, today. so I'm then in Jay, you, got, so oh, you got the numbers. I got the numbers and I know if I was Jay and I was really channeling my energy, I'd there be like, go. gee, I don't like that, man. I, but I ain't Jay. I'm in Nuggets. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you why it's not probably not going to happen because I can't imagine a world where he actually leaves Tampa Bay. So. For the sake of this, let's pretend that there was a giant falling out in Tampa Bay. Mike Evans is the free agent. Okay. Market. T. Higgins would be the perfect ideal candidate just based on age. He's young. Yeah, Similar skill set. Yeah, yeah. But, but. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I do think Mike Evans is the absolute perfect compliment on paper in terms of what he brings as a receiver, his skill set, his mentality, and his leadership capabilities to add into this Browns offense. Couple things. First off, 10 seasons in the NFL, 10 1,000 yard seasons. You guys want to hear the whole list of receivers who have started their career with 10 consecutive 1,000 yard seasons? Here we go. Mike Evans. Boom. That's the list. That's it. Nobody else. Jerry Rice has 14,000 yard seasons in his wow. career. That's the most ever. Wow. So he'll be Tied for level? second, Mike Evans and Randy Moss. Those are the only three receivers in the history of this league with 10,000 yard seasons. So the production's there. Is he slowing down? I don't know. I don't he had 1,255 so. yards and 13 touchdowns to lead the NFL last season. I don't think he's at a proverbial cliff where he's just going to go from 13 touchdowns, 1,200 yards to 6-6. Six and six. He's too good. He's 6'5". He's 230. In the red zone, could you imagine the plethora of weapons Deshaun Watson would have to throw to, or it's Kevin Stefanski, Ken Dorsey, whoever's calling plays would have in their Man. arsenal if you had Nick Chubb to hand the ball off, David Njoku uh, with the inline tight end spot, Amari Cooper on one side and Mike Evans on the other side. 
And mind you, I'll repeat it again. Mike Evans is 6'5", 235 pounds, and one of the best. He boxes guys out. He uses his body well. One of the best tough ball catchers in the league. He doesn't run a 4.6. He doesn't run a 4.7. He's also not a 4.3 guy, but he gets behind defenses because he's a smart, savvy, veteran receiver. We talked about last year the Browns receiving core, right? Mm-hmm. You have Amari the tactician. Mm-hmm. You had Elijah Moore the, the slot guy. And before the season started, you had DPJ and Tillman as your big receiver, your big physical receivers, right? Well, DPJ, to steal G's word, Minamoski. Got traded to Detroit. What's worse than Minamoski? Min a nothing ski. He was <laughs> Min a nothing ski in Detroit. Okay. Cedric Tillman had a chance to show what he didn't. He played okay. I'm, I'm not selling my Cedric Tillman stock, but it's not like he blew anyone out the water. You had Mike Evans to that mix in that physical, big, dominant, demands a second team, uh, double coverage, at least a look in the red zone, on top of Amari Cooper and Joku and whatever they have in the backfield, plus Deshaun Watson's legs. I think on paper, he would be the perfect fit I think this he's, offense. I think if you can find a way to financially get it done, you get it done. I really don't care about his 40 time, right? You know, I think great wide receivers are, have the ability to run routes. And if you're a great route runner, you, you, he's fast enough to be able to get over. He gets behind. So, like, I agree with everything that you just said. Um, you know, we talk a lot about this year being the prove-it year. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked a lot about this year, the offense being totally made over. Damn near every coach on the offensive, style, uh, offensive side of the ball is totally different. And so you'd be able to bring in a weapon like this to try to open up the offense where you heard Deshaun Watson say in one of his podcasts last month, we're going to be throwing the ball and we're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to eventually go get a guy that's not David Njoku to compliment Amari Cooper. Well, I, I never understood this. I, I, I never quite got it. Um, we saw what, what, what Baker Mayfield was able to do, right? You, you had Godwin. You had Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, Shot White at the backfield. Yes. They, 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 they have weapons. Baker was able to take you to the second round of the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Now, everybody that thinks that Baker is not some crazy franchise quarterback, but you see what you can get if you got the weapons. If you're going to put all this pressure on Deshaun Watson, which is rightfully so because you want him to perform, why would you not give him all the, all the yeah. materials? Like, it, it, it's like it's like we people think that we get extra credit points for just saying, you know what? Our franchise quarterback made everybody better and we didn't have to do nothing else. That's lazy. Like, if I'm going to be on a show, I want somebody else to be. They come up with some hot fire lines. Yeah. I want the best producers and directors. Why would you say your lead host has to make everyone better? And you got kids coming out of, out of, out of middle school, joining them on the set. And he got to do everything. No, I want it. I need top notch weapons and you can that means you can go and compete at the highest level and everybody needs to stop saying this. Well, Patrick Mahomes does it. He's one on one. That's it. He's one on one. You can't you can't you can't say that you can't compare Josh Allen. You can't compare Joe Burrow Deshaun Watt. None of those guys are Patrick Mahomes and just because Patrick Mahomes did it does not mean that's the recipe to copy (laughs) and paste across the rest of the NFL and G and Earl. You guys just alluded to this. and This was the next point I wanted to hit on. Not only is this a make-or-break year for Deshaun Watson and the Browns, Mm -hmm. but with their cap situation, their championship window with this current iteration of the roster, now we've seen with the Chiefs, just because one window closes doesn't mean you can't open the next one up immediately. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. traded Tyreek Hill, immediately opened another championship roster, they won two. So I'm not saying their only chance to win is this next season or next two seasons. I'm just saying with the current iteration of this roster, where Batonio's getting older, Chubb, Teller, 
Miles Garrett's not entering his prime. He's on, in his prime on the back end. In this current iteration of this roster, why not go all in? What, and I understand there are, you can't get everybody. Gee, I love the idea of Operation Stockpile. You, you just can't pay everybody. But if you can, and whether it's Evans or another big-name free agent receiver, whoever becomes available, I think you got to go out and make that swing and give these new offensive coaches, Deshaun Watson, Kevin Stefanski, alleviate some pressure off Nick Chubb so you don't need him to rush for 1,500 yards in his first season back from catastrophic knee injury. Give them as many options as possible to make this offense not just coherent, but explosive and dynamic and, most importantly, consistent. And that's where a guy like a Mike Evans, to your point, a Gabe Davis, a Calvin Ridley, whoever it is they end up bringing. Mm -hmm. I think we're all in agreement they'll bring someone in. But the championship window with this current iteration of the roster is really this year and maybe next year, depending on their financial situation. And then they'll rebuild, and that doesn't mean become bad again. That just means rebuild the foundation of their roster. You got, I think we talked about it last year, G, pushing all your chips in. If they didn't do it last year, I don't know how you don't go all in this offseason. You got to. I, and, here, and sometimes I think we, we stuck. I did a little uh, bit on the, uh, on, on the Ultimate Brown show the other day. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's, let me look at the yardage-wise. Let's look at the top five receivers of all time for the Cleveland Browns. And the problem was. Wait, can we guess who they are? Sure. Earl, you're, you're the Browns guy. So we're going just straight wide receivers, Wide right? receivers. Top five yardage of In all their time. Career. Of all times. And their Browns career? Yep. All right, so in no particular order, and I know this is probably going to be wrong. I'm going to say Paul Warfield is on that list. No. Webster I'm, Slaughter. No. Paul Warfield not on that list? Mm-mm. Webster Slaughter. Mm-mm. Josh uh, Gordon? Was that one season good enough to put him in the top five? Mm-mm. Amari's on that list? No. Oh, my goodness. We're terrible. These people, oh, these people all played, like, during World War II. Oh, okay, yeah. So these this, guys. This is a pretty modern era, Brown. These are These are guys like Gary Collins, Dante uh, Lavelli, Mac Speedy. These are your Ozzie Newsome, who's a tight end. These are your, these are your top receivers. Anytime your top receivers, you put the picture up and it's black and white, you got a problem, bro. Like black and white TV and pictures have been gone for centuries. Yeah. And we put those up and those are our guys. And then you think about it. I just said, wow, like, how, could you do that to any other team? I'm, I'm watching guys like Andre Johnson get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Reggie Wayne get into the Hall of Fame. And it's like, wow, I saw those guys playing, and we still didn't have no receivers. And you go back to the 80s and be like, well, who was really Andre Reid, uh, uh, Curtis Lofton, and Jerry Rice, and, 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 and we still didn't have no receivers. <laughs> like, we got all the way to the 2020s, and we finally got Amari Cooper. But you could argue that Amari Cooper, if he goes to the Hall of Fame, or if it was the Hall of Very Good, his best years was with Dallas. He's I mean, only been here two years. Think, think about it like this, though, because we talked about this a little bit yesterday, that uh, Andrew Barry is going to have to change his approach to how he evaluates this position and, have, and how he goes about acquiring players that play this position. No more third, fourth, and sixth-round picks yeah. at wide receiver, right? Yeah. Your, your, your best acquisition at wide receiver came via trade when you went and yeah. stole Amari Cooper yep. from the Dallas Cowboys. And so, to me, I could see him possibly going out there to trade for another wide receiver, you know, we talk a lot about Gabe Davis, but hell, you might go trade for Stefan uh, Stefan Diggs. Yeah. You never know how that might work out. I think that because of how badly you've missed in the draft, 
you need to swing big in free agency and go get a wide receiver because the one thing that is working in the Browns' favor is that for the last couple of years, you don't had a lot of veterans playing on one-year deals. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think the salary cap is going to be as big as, as big as an issue as people might think it is. And you can always manipulate the cap if there's a player out that. there right, that. that you really, really want. And so when you, when you couple everything that we're talking about, the fact that we know he's been bad in the draft when it comes to going to get wide receivers, and we clearly all believe that this is a make-or-break season, you need to go in free agency and you need to go out there and swing big to go get you a, a big-time primary playmaker that can take some pressure off of Mari Cooper. So let me ask you this question. You know, I play devil's advocate a little bit. How many years are you willing to give Mike Evans? So in that's obviously the elephant in the room with <laughs> the whole receiver discussion. And that's why I think I keep coming back to Gabe Davis as the guy. I think at the end of the day, probably make the most sense. Will be the most realistic, affordable guy that the Browns want. I think he'll end up being the Browns' big acquisition at wide receiver. I think for a guy like Gabe Davis, who's 24, 25, does he turn 25 by the start of the season, or is he I can look that just up. turned 24? Whatever he is, they'll go three, four years. The guy like Mike Evans, just based on Andrew Barry's track record and knowing <laughs> the deals he's given out to guys at that position, in general to free agents in that age range, I think he'd want to go with a two-year deal but I think Mike Evans would get a bigger, uh, more years and a bigger total number in terms of guaranteed money from another team that would be willing. Like Carolina, for example. If you're Carolina and you have all this cap space or a team potentially like Chicago, which I don't think is, makes as much sense, but we'll use Carolina, for example. Ton of cap space, Bryce Young, no receivers. Why would you not be like, all right, Mike Evans, here, here's four years, 100 mil, 25 a year to come finish your career in Carolina Help Bryce Young become what he is. The Browns just can't offer that kind of contract. So in my mind, I think realistically, the best the Browns would offer Mike Evans is two years, and that may not be enough to get him. But Jimmy Haslam's willing to pay up front, and that's the big difference in some of these. The sign-in bonus, they could up over some other teams, and that might be a differentiating factor in the Browns' contract proposal versus a team like Carolina or a team that's not willing to spend as much up front. Yeah, you, it's, you know, I would I would because he is 31 to Earl's point. He, he is 31. I would think that he would push for a third year, like so a, too, a yeah. third year, like for a guy like Mike Evans, who has been the model of success. Like you said, he's he, he's going to go into that office and be like, look, he's all famer, by the way. I, I, I didn't did this two years in a row like this ain't nothing new to me. And you point out what major injury I've had so far. Now, here's the devastating part. <laughs> it's one of them things where you be like, man, I'm gonna go get this this 2016 Chevy Earl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looked nice, but when you checking them miles out, you could you could pull that off that JD by rider, and guess what's gonna happen? Engine light check, come on, check engine light, come on, doom. You looking around? If he was to get hurt, and that was their main guy, because check, I always naturally assume. That all these dudes gonna get hurt. It's the Browns. They all gonna get hurt. Mike Evans in his ten-year career has never missed more than three games in a season, though. And it is just worth pointing right. out. He has been very durable. And, it, and, and if it, so, and let me be clear by Operation Stockpile. By no means necessary. Does this mean this is the only receiver they're getting? Operation Stockpile means I'm getting one named receiver that is proven. I still need to go get another secondary guy that I can maybe mold or possibly draft a guy with speed. Let me ask you a question, Earl. What's up? As of today, it is 11:26 on February 20th. This could change in 20 minutes, but for right now, 
Andrew Berry does not have a contract extension. Mm -hmm. Do you think, and I just thought of this, maybe it's a longer discussion for another day, but we'll use this in terms of Mike Evans for this specific discussion. As of once again, 11-26 on February 20th, Andrew Berry does not have a contract extension. This is his last season. Do you think the fact that he doesn't have long-term security will affect the way he approaches a potential free agent negotiation with a guy like Mike Evans, where maybe he'd be willing to go an extra year on the back end, even though that's not his MO because all good chips question. on the table. This might be my last year. If that's what I need to do to get Mike Evans, I got to do what I got to do. I, I, think it, I think it will play a, a, a role in how he goes about carrying himself this offseason. If he goes into free agency, which it, more, it looks like he will, without a contract extension, then, yeah, it's going to change how aggressive I am. I am going to be more aggressive than probably I was in the past. We've all know, always known Andrew Barry to be aggressive anyway. Mm -hmm. So imagine somebody that's already been aggressive kind of like leveling up a little bit more, being willing to kind of like, you know, swing for the fences a little bit more. Like the Browns are set to get their 20, did their first round draft pick back in 2025. But we ain't had one in so long. Well, if Andrew right. Barry seen something and he looked at it like a sweet lick, it wouldn't surprise me if he traded the 2025 first round pick. But if, if it brought back a player that can have an immediate impact and can help the Browns reach their ultimate goal this upcoming season, then it was all for it. Like you said, you're not operating under the, uh, under the premises that you're going to be here past this upcoming season. So you got to go all in. Is that a fair question, G? That's a very fair question. And I'm going to tell you exactly uh, what the answer to that is. Yes, it changes things. Let me give you an example. I was uh, in my previous marriage. We was we was going to counseling and everything, and she came home one day and hit me with the. You know what? We already had one rental property. We came to the spot. She like, you know what? I think we should get another rental property. Hmm. I don't know about that, dog. I'm almost a free agent. <laughs> like we, we right now, we both about to be free agents. Why would I go in here and, and, and support? and put 25, 30% down on another house that I might not be even getting none of in a divorce proceeding. No, 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 Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra, you're a smart man. <laughs> the, the heat to him, right, by the way. The, the heat to him, the yeah, biggest solid. Did. Do you know what happened? No. Yeah, tell the story. So Eric Spolstra and his wife of a long time separated this year. Okay. The day after they separated, Miami gave him the biggest coaching contract <laughs> extension in the history of the NBA. <laughs> they specifically waited for the divorce papers to be signed, finalized, and complete so yo, that yo. once they were split, that money was his yeah. and not theirs. <laughs> like, shout out to Pat Riley. That's what I mean. That's a good employer. I love that about you, man. But, yeah, no, yeah, that's going to change the way Andrew Berry do because he might not see a second deal. Like, that's why I always – like, human nature is human nature. If I got everything riding on this and the whole thing is moving and I, I need to put my best foot forward, you're going to get one of the, uh, at least this the way it works in Cleveland. For the most part, when you go and spend that bag, people give you credit for it. They mm -hmm. give you credit for being aggressive. We'd rather see you, we you know, strike out swinging instead of sitting up there and watching the third pitch, mm -hmm. right? No, so get, your, get your cuts in, dog. At least if you go out and say, listen, we wanted to get a receiver. We went and did it. Um, we did it when we needed to do it in the next couple of years because we thought that was our window. He's not only going to get the benefit of the doubt from our fan base, but if they don't sign him back, it's a better look for somebody else going to get him and say, I like what Andrew Berry did. He was aggressive in Cleveland, got a raw deal. I'll just tell you guys from, from my standpoint, 
and I th- we'll discuss this more in, in depth another day where we all got a little time to think, but if we have one show left to do, we have one final UCSS show, I got a whole list of just random content ideas on my phone. I've had Earl and Ant make graphics for stuff that we haven't even used in two weeks yet. You see that Mike Evans graphic? I made oh, that. Oh, don't start Ooh, with that. Hey, yeah. hey, I had to catch myself. I had to catch myself. I was about to cuss. <laughs> like, that's listen. not from the day. That, that's not because that day's no receivers. So I know, listen, that's, I know that's not from the day you're listen, thinking of. Listen, y'all, y'all know the, 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 the picture of Travis Kelsey, yeah. uh, like an Andy Reid face? Yeah, I'm yeah. using that all the time. Man, this man made me make 15 graphics. <laughs> Two weeks ago that I still ain't used. I didn't know Bill Callahan was going to go to join his son that morning. He had him in the top. We're we're going to use it. It's coming Friday, though. It's coming on Friday. We still have not done the Njoku bucket game that I made. Four months ago, hey, my man Joku's only come on once. That, that that's one what I'm saying. He made me. seven. He made seven montages the same day I made these fourteen graphics. <laughs> we ain't used yes. none of that content yet. Well, gee, we sit on it. We sit on it like like a cat, like 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 Birdman. Like we don't cast money, and Birdman won't release the album because he's mad at us or something. When, when this is in, what this is. When they come in Friday and they have no work to do on Friday, and they're like, "Ooh, I get to sleep in, come in an hour late." Yeah. y'all can thank you then. Look, and, wait. Hold on, because on the same day, on the same day, he thought he was, because on the same day was the same day as the debut of the Ultimate 216 show. Dude gave me 28 graphics. On the day, I'm nervous out my damn mind about doing this show. And I'm sitting up here like, he has no regards for human life. I was waiting for the perfect panel to do it, and with the rotating cast and vacation, we haven't had the right panel back. I made the graphics. And then Callahan move on. He says, yeah, we're going to probably do, use this another day. I say, no, we and not. <laughs> no, we not. I feel so bad for Earl for doing his job, man. I feel so bad that Earl did The sad job. part about it is I did all, all that complaining. I knocked, I knocked it out. <laughs> he, did, he finished it. He was done by 930. He was all I was going to say, he and was done before I was. We're going to move on. What's up? Moving on, guys. I just want to remind everybody that if you're looking for tickets, I'm known as the tickets guy here at the UCSS. So you I'd be ashamed fat. to tell you guys, or if I didn't tell you guys, about game time. Game time, it takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets. If you're trying to go to a Cavs game, to a Guardians game, they show you the picture of where your seat is so you have no guesswork about where you're going to be sitting. You can download the Game Time app, you can create an account, and then you use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Simple as that. Go use Game Time to get all of your tickets. It's fantastic. As somebody who has every ticket app possible on their phone, it's my favorite by far. Well, you should tell me how much I want to sit on the floor. How much does that cost? Uh, we're going to do that Friday, G. We're actually going to do the game Yeah, time we have your game show game planned show. out Friday. So don't, don't worry. Oh, so we're, y'all we're got gonna graphics do for that too, y'all. Good. Don't worry. We're, we're working on it. That. Uh, I did use the game time app to go to the Cavs game on Valentine's Day. Worked to perfection. The $20 off code works. They don't ask you questions. You just put promo code locked in. $20 off your tickets. Highly, highly recommend. Yesterday, we took a little gimmick from the Moving the Sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. If you guys haven't listened to their podcast, very insightful on the overall NFL coverage. And they were looking at the championship foundations of certain teams, and they broke it down into four categories. And we got the initial tag board to show the people to base it off. But essentially, this is what we did yesterday. This is the initial tweet here. They broke down player by player, whether it's a blue, which is a blue chip player, green, which is good, yellow, which is either age, injury, or contract concerns, and pink, which is young slash unproven. So those were the four categories to keep it in. And yesterday we had some discussion. We don't love their category choices per se, but to keep it in line with them so we can compare with their answers later in the week, we're going to stick to those four categories. On offense yesterday, and if you want to pull back the offensive one, we gave the quarterback situation a yellow, which means 
Injury contract, age concerns, same for running backs. There was a nice discussion. Earl had the running backs in the blue chip category, but he was outvoted. The receivers were unproven and young. The tight end room was a blue chip group, and the offensive line was green. So we're going to continue that today on the defensive side of the ball. And Earl, let's start with the defensive ends. Let's do it. And keep in mind, guys, these are just players on the roster now. This is not projecting for the start of the season. This is based on the current roster construction at the moment. Defensive ends, is that a blue chip group, a good group, a yellow, you have concerns group, or a pink, young and unproven group? Hmm. I'll put them in a blue chip group, right? Interesting. And the reason, like, I had to make sure I wasn't, I wasn't being biased because everybody know, you know, I'm a homer. But, no, I'll put him there because Miles Garrett is already great. Mm -hmm. My, like, he's great. And I think Ogbo and I think Zadarius Smith are good. But I also think, like, McGuire and Wright, these are young dudes that got a lot of upside. And so if I have somebody that's great and I got two players that I consider that's in the good category, and then I got two dudes who they're young, but I feel like their trajectory is this way, then collectively to me, that's a blue chip grade. Zadarius not in this, by the way. He's a free agent. Now, see, when I did this list, I went to the Browns website and he was still there. He was still on me. He was still there. Well, I'll, let me jump in real quick because I think it's blue chip even without Zadarius. And, okay. and here's why. And then, G, if you disagree, let us know. Miles is as deep blue as it gets. Mm -hmm. Like, he is the ultimate pinnacle, number one. It's undisputed defensive player of the year. He is as good as a defensive end as you will find in the league. And even if you take Zadarius out of it, I think Ogbo's good. Mm -hmm. I think Alex Wright showed me enough that I think he's good. Okay. I, 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 th I am all buying all the Alex Wright stock for next season. I think okay. I would not be upset if Darius Smith walked because I think Alex Wright could step in and give you, you the same production, if not more. I, I do think he's ready. And Ogbo stays as your third defensive end. McGuire got in late in the season, showed a little promise. I know he was, he was banged up, didn't play a ton. But I think you've got a legit blue chipper, two guys who I feel pretty strongly are at minimum good, mm -hmm. if not progressing up that ladder. And then McGuire is young and unproven, but I like the talent. You got Miles Garrett and two greens. I think that's on the low end of blue, but it's a blue. You got Miles Garrett. I'm not sure how you can make it not a blue. Yeah, yeah I made a good point because I was going to go into this thing and make it a green. Um, but when you, when, you, when you guys break it down and you start talking about what they already have, um, I, I think that it's more along the lines of more blue than green because of the fact that Miles Garrett is there. The defensive tackles, if you, get, if you sign Maurice Hurst back, so that's you still if you can start with miles Garrett, I mean, it's it, you got to have t pink players to bring it down, right? You got to get to some groups where that's like, the case, that's, by the way, that we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> um, but I like, uh, I like, uh, you know, I like Zadarius Smith. I think he's a, he's a, a, he played above average last year. Um, I like Alex, Wright. He showed me some things down the stretch. Um, and I like Albo. Now, he's more of a, just a regular pass rusher, but I still like him. I, I would say he's a, a green player, too. So, I, I think given the fact that you start with Miles Garrett and you continue to move and you think you got some young guys that can do something, I, I, will, I will roll with a blue, a light baby blue, the same color as my shoes. I kind of look at this as like a recruiting class in a way, right? Mm -hmm. And Miles Garrett's the five-star plus, plus, plus. So, you have to have some twos and threes to drag yeah, that down. Yeah. And if you want to say... Isaiah McGuire's pink and unproven. Okay. I'm not going to argue. 
but then you still got two greens. And I think when you average that all together, yeah. it's maybe on the lower end of blue. But it's still blue. But Miles Garrett is so damn good in his own right. It's still an overall blue category. And right. the Browns last season, even though their sack numbers as a totality in the defensive end position wasn't through the roof outside of Miles, they generated a ton of pressures. And when you look at, at the end of the day, we all want sacks, but I think we've learned and evolved as a football speaking community that sacks isn't the only stat that matters. It's pressure rate. It's how much do you affect the quarterback. And Zadarius, I know he's not necessarily in this, but Zadarius, Alex Wright, Ogbo, and Miles, of course, all had tremendous analytics in how quickly they got to the quarterback, how much impact they had on the opposing quarterback in terms of making his first read, and or having to pivot off that first step, find his second option, and then making him move out of the pocket. So at the end of the day, you got Miles Garrett. You're going to have to argue me that it's not a blue chip group, but I don't think anyone's trying to make the case that this is uh, a yellow or a pink. No, no, no. no. So we're all in agreement. And blue chip for the defensive ends. The defensive tackle, G, this is your bread and butter. How would you grade the Browns' defensive tackle crop? Uh, Yeah, this ain't no blue chip. This is more like a – it's a disagree. You know, I think they're good. Uh, I, I like Shelby Harris. You probably can bring him back on a one-year deal. Maurice Hurst, you could probably bring him back on a short-term deal. Um, I like what Tomlinson <laughs> gave you uh, in spurts. He's a good d- defensive tackle. I thought Jordan Elliott played a lot better than what he, you know, had shown previous to that. So, for me, I like the room. Um, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to be a blue chip everywhere. That's just what it is. Like, and... I think it's fine if, if you can go with good, right? If you got blue chip DN mixed with green, that's that's good enough right there. Like, especially if you're going to have a defensive player of the year. Um, so I, I would go with the green on, on this one. Now, could I nitpick if somebody, if somebody said, look, to me it's yellow, be, given the fact that, hey, you know Shelby Harris, okay, but he's a one-year guy. He's He's not young. Maurice Hurst got injured last year. Dalvin Thomason is a nose tackle, so you're not going to get much production in terms of sacks or anything from him. So I would go with that as yellow. Now, I, I wouldn't be mad at you. I would just say that given the way that the defensive tackles played last year and if they bring those guys back, I would, I would lean more towards a green than a yellow. I definitely would be mad at you if you said it was yellow. To me, it's green because if you look at this position group, I think what's dope about this group is not a single player that's, that's considered a defensive tackle that you would say is a top 10 player at their position. You know, Thomason probably falls somewhere between 15 and 20. I think same thing with Maurice Hurst. But what I found to be really, really cool was out of 130 t- uh, defensive tackles that was ranked by PFF, three of those do finished within the top 57. And so collectively, a- as a unit, I think they're very good. I think Dalvin Tomlinson is really good. I think Maurice Hurst is really good. Um, as you alluded to, Shelby Harris, right? Agent, veteran, contract situation. And then you have Siaka Ika, who is a, was a rookie last year played in four games, really didn't make any noise. But overall, I think it's a very, very solid and serviceable group. So I had to give it a green. All right, so either I messed up or you guys messed up. Because I have it as pink. Because they have two defensive tackles on the roster. That's it. We weren't including free agents here, so I didn't take Harris. I didn't take Hurst. I didn't take Jordan Elliott into consideration. Do you think they're not going to bring any of those guys back? But the assignment was today looking at the group, the position group today, and I know with linebackers, Earl, we're going to get to, the linebacker room's kind of empty too, and I don't want to give my answer away now, but I gave it a pink because you got Dalvin Tomlinson and Siaki Ika 
And then you got the Will Smith meme standing in the room by himself like, where y'all at? So I didn't, in my evaluation of this, because they're currently pending free agents, I didn't take Harris into consideration. I didn't take Mo Hurst. I didn't take Jordan Elliott. And if I'm just going off Dalvin Tomlinson and Siaki Ika, <laughs> Dalvin Tomlinson is about to turn 30 years old, G. He was, he was fine this year. Like, he was perfectly fine. I don't mm-hmm. think he was great. Mm-hmm. I thought it was okay. Like, serviceable, solid. You take that every day of the week. But I didn't think he was anything special. And Siaki Ika played in four games. I don't recall him making a play. Like, I, maybe he made a play. I don't remember. He was stuck behind some good depth. I'm not yeah, he saying was. he's a bust by any means, but I don't recall him making any, like, impact plays. So he's obviously young and unproven. I think Tomlinson is somewhere in that green-yellow range. I do have my concern just he's 30 years old, defensive tackle. He makes a ton of money, but he's a good player. So I went with Pink because I just don't know who the hell, who the hell else is going to be in that defensive tackle room. It could be Elliott and Harris, and I'll feel a lot better about it. It could be two guys we haven't even spoke of yet. We haven't really dug into the defensive tackle free agents like we have receivers, but mm-hmm. I was looking at it as the current roster today. And if you don't have Harris, Hurst, and Elliott in that conversation, I don't know how you graded anything higher than so, a pink. So let me give you this. Assuming – I think this is, this is not a, a, a leap of faith. Assuming they get two out of the three and mm-hmm. re-sign them. Then – and this is – for me, this is any two out of the three. Yeah. If they get two out of the three, they'll be green. Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> right? I, I, I agree with saying? that. I agree with that. <laughs> I just I, – I gave him a pink because – I wasn't considering them in this exercise. Yes, okay. You guys, well, you guys yeah. were, so I think we're kind of saying the same thing, just, yeah, just in, a, in a different way. Yeah. But I... Uh, in a different time frame. So let me ask you this real quick then, because would you, for the sake of this, you gave it a green, you gave it a green, I would give it a green if they signed two of the three. Take them out, are you guys all in pink? Yeah, if you, yeah if, I mean, if you, okay. if you, if you, if you just, place it so, like and that, you can give yeah. us a pink or a green, whichever one you want to go with. I went with green. Green, perfect, so we'll, we'll go with green. Let me ask you guys this before we move on to linebacker, because linebacker is a similar situation. They mm-hmm. don't have a ton of guys under contract, so we'll do two answers. If you had to say today, and it's unfair because we haven't done the research, but they have to sign at least two defensive tackles. Do you think it'll be two guys that were in the system this year? you think it'll be one new guy, one guy who was in the system, two new guys? Who do you think? I don't need names, but where do you think these two defensive tackles will come from? I think it's going to be three. I think they're going to re-sign Jordan Elliott. I think they're going to re-sign Maurice Hurst. I think they're going to trust the development of Siaka, Siaki Ika. And then I think either via free agency or, or draft, obtain another defensive tackle that way. I would lean, I would lean up. I, I liked what you did right there. Maurice Hurst, I think he was in the top ten for defensive tackles recorded PFF for Bass Rush grade. Yep, he was. Um, I think they'll sign him back. I think they'll, they'll bring Jordan Elliott back because he's developing. And, you know, he, he I was on Jordan Elliott a lot, but, you know. He was awesome this year. He was really, he, really, he really did great. So I think they bring him back. I think they let Shelby Harris go. Uh, Siaki Ika will get more of those minutes and those playing time. And then they'll probably go look at uh, a free agency if they can get another bargain defense tackle um, that way. So I agree with Earl with that. I would love to see Hurst back. I'm not sure if his injury history will prohibit the Browns from taking another flyer on him, but he was phenomenal here. He loved Cleveland. My thing with that is like, this is the NFL. Players going to get hurt. All of them. And so, like, to me, I try not to worry about the injury history, quote unquote, right? Because Denzel Ward, for example. Man ain't never played a complete season, but when he out there, he a dog. So if I know if, if I got Maurice Hurst 
10, 11 games, cool. You, you, you did your thing. I just, I can't, I can't afford to, in this season in particular, I can't afford to not sign or re-sign a good football player because he might get hurt. I think it depends how you feel about Ika, though. Because if you think he's ready to play How can Ika be ready to play, though? He only played four games well, last that, year. That's what the evaluation period, what they have to determine this offseason. But if you trust him to be a guy you can count on, then I think the guy you bring in in that Hurst position, that third rotating defensive tackle, could be a guy like Hurst with higher upside, but you may know he's going to miss six, seven games a season just based I, on his track record. If you don't think Ika's ready to play, then maybe a guy like Shelby Harris, who incredibly never misses time, mm-hmm. would be a guy you look at because you just need that depth, that body there who you trust. So I, th- I think that's kind of put what uh, Barry has to weigh this I, I love what Man, Earl, you don't have some gems, man. You don't have some gems today. I'll give you credit for that. I like that. I like your, <clears throat> your theory about injury. Um, I think the new I think the new going rate right now is you you got to break it down into like waves like if you think a player could give you 10 games you you say okay that's average right if he give you 10 t- or 12 games you're like oh that's good I'll take 12 games if he can give you 14 excellent I feel like if you play 14 games now you, you, that's a successful the, very successful like you know you're gonna get hurt. All of them are going to get hurt. It's just what it is. I don't know why. And and it's weird because we never thought about it like that before because, you know, everybody's like, oh, he has durability issues. Like, ain't nobody playing 17 <laughs> games running into nobody else, like, and not playing. You see what I'm saying? Ain't nobody playing 17 games. It's impossible. Like, especially, and then be injured, like, like and then go into the playoffs and play all the playoffs too? No, it's just not working. So if you can give me solid 10 games, I'll I'll take that as a, a as a as a win. I just think like with him in particular, he continues to show how good he is when he is healthy, right? And I, I think the Cleveland Browns, man, Operation Stockpile, you want to like like obtain and then keep as many good football players on your roster as you possibly can. And Maurice Hurst is one of them. And you just going players get hurt, so you just gonna have to yeah. deal with that. It, I mean, it's part of the evaluation. Yeah, it's it's another thing you check off on the box. Right. Given all things equal, you take the guy with less of an injury history, obviously, but mm-hmm. a lot of times it's never equal like that. So yeah, I, I can remember, like. man, true story. And, G, you might remember this. Remember Gary Baxter that played for the Baltimore <laughs> yeah. Ravens? So, like, Gary Baxter used to be a dog, right? Man. And this was, like, one of the first big, like, free agents that the man. Browns had signed. Dude didn't have no injury history, Ever. no none of that. And I think he ended up blowing out both his knees same or something play. like that well, on it, the same play. It only takes one injury. On the and same play. You know, so it's, yeah. it's like, I hear what you're saying, and it is a part of the evaluation process. But anytime somebody say that, I always funny. go back to Gary Baxter. <laughs> like, it ain't funny, <laughs> and I don't know why I do this every time the story come up. But it's just like, I just could imagine a man coming down. And his whole lower body giving out on him. Like, yo, how is that possible? Your whole, like, below the waist, you're just done. Like, that's crazy. Like, the Browns had gave him a pretty decent a bag, bag yeah. too. Especially for back in the day. But he was worth it. Like, yeah. at the time that they gave it to him, yeah. so I'm like, man, we didn't got us a lockdown corner. <laughs> no, you didn't. And, <laughs> and there's a difference in, like, a guy being injury prone and being injury prone. Freak like, injury. Like, 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 what happened to Nick Chubb? That doesn't make him injury prone. That's a freak accident. There's just other guys who always seem to be dealing with a, a sprained ankle or a nagging shoulder or whatever the case may be. 
But there, there are different levels to injury issues. Like LaCharles Bentley. Problems. Yeah. Shout out to LaCharles Bentley, man. He was an all-pro center for the Saints. All-pro. Very first snap. We, we signed him Cleveland Kidding Nation's training kid. Camp. Very first snap of, of, training of camp. OTAs. Gone. Career. Career over though. Crazy. Like not like like yeah. just the, the entire career. Like what? <laughs> like that's crazy. It is what it is. And we're going to linebackers next. I'll start because I'll give you my grade I gave and then I'll give the grade I would give. I gave this one a pink as well because right now the only two linebackers under contract are JOK and Diabate. And JOK, I have him in the highest level of green. You got to do it two years in my mind before you're official bona fide blue chipper. Mm-hmm. So he's the highest level of green. Diabate had a promising rookie campaign on special teams. We didn't see him a ton on defense, so he's just unproven to me. And I don't know who else is in the room, but I expect them to re-sign Taki Taki, add someone else in depth, and I put that in the lower tier of green. Mm-hmm. But until they do that, I have it as pink, but that's that pink green, depending on who you want to consider for this exercise. I, go ahead, Earl. I'm looking up the name of this dude that I just... I, so you, you said pink, green. I kind of had it like pink or yellow, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm considering the same things that you consider. Like, Jock is the best of the group. Stud. Um, I'm going to go yellow because my gut instinct says they're going to re-sign Taki Taki for the same reasons that we just talked about. You want to keep good football what players. Walker? Will they re-sign Walker? I think too? it's time to move on from, uh, from Anthony Walker. I think the whole being a locker room presence thing, like, and I'm big on that, but at the same time, if that's the only way that you can contribute, we already got dudes in here that savvy veterans that's respected in the locker room. You're not producing on the football field. You can't get on the football field. Injuries happen. So his injury concerns are valid in your mind. I mean, last year, right, there were people arguing he had a top five PFF grade and the man played three games. Yeah. So yeah. it's different strokes for different folks. You know what I'm saying? Maurice, Maurice Hurst was more impactful for the Cleveland Browns defense during the time that he played, in my opinion, than Anthony Walker was. That ain't no shade to Anthony Walker. I just think it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Same for Jacob Phillips, right? He's he, definitely gone. He, he, I mean, they tried with him the entire time he was on his, his rookie deal. I think they're done with that situation. I, I think Taki Taki is coming back. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they address this linebacker position. But I can't believe we said this a year later, but it's jocking everybody else. It, it is jocking. <laughs> it's yeah. jocking everybody else. is the only other guy under contract right now. I like, I, and I like, for the record, I like Diabate's. And, and Tony Fields, sorry. And Tony Fields. I apologize to Tony. Yeah, shout out to he's that special teams. That's special. He technically teams. is considered a linebacker. Yeah. Um. I listen. I there's some names. Devin White that they just basically sat down in, in Tampa Bay. They moved on from him, right? You know, didn't really. He's one of the better guys in coverage. Not so much in the run game, but you're looking for linebackers. There's another guy that I really, really like. He's one year, uh, almost all year from um, ACL surgery. Jordan Brooks out of Seattle. Yeah. Um, like Jordan, Great run stuff. L- nice run stuff or like him a lot. Run defense is good uh, in the, in, you know, uh, coverage uh, grade in the box isn't that great, but um, he he's he's a good linebacker and he could, he's a three down linebacker. I think you move on from uh, uh, Anthony Walker. Uh, he's just his body, you know, can't, you know, he, his body, you know, betrayed him a little bit. He's been hurt the last three years. I think Taki Taki is one of the more important signings just because he's going to give you special teams and his move to Mike Backer to me is his best position. Ty was talking about it all the time. And to me, 
JOK is uh, sometimes you you know you ever go to you'd be in middle school you go from middle school to high school and there was the girl that you used to play football with and she was a tomboy and then she get to high school and you'd be like hold on what happened to you over the summer <laughs> that's JOK like that like go put them numbers up like when yeah, you unbelievable a hundred and and he and by the way if you want to talk about the Cleveland Browns defense. That guy was the only guy that showed up against the Houston Texans. Yep. He made play after play after play after play. 20 tackles for loss, 100 tackles, three. Listen, these all pro numbers right here. And guess what? I think the light went on for him. The green light went off. I think next year, I'm telling you, I, look, look, I'll let you know. Like, I know we like about that guy next year could put up a year where if you're talking about he gets five sacks, come on now. Taki, uh, not Taki Taki, JOK's 20 tackle for loss, second most in the NFL. Max Crosby led the NFL with 23. He played 342 more snaps than JOK this season. So. Oh, by, by the way, uh, I'm going to give it, I didn't give you the score. I just was talking. Um, I'm going to give him a, a, a yellow. <laughs> so two for yellow on the linebackers and Ant. So two yellows means yellow is the official color for the linebackers. Let's move to the cornerbacks. Safety is its own category. Just the cornerbacks, Earl. Blue tip. You're wearing blue. G, you're wearing blue. blue I'm tip. wearing blue. Blue tip group. Can we all go through quickly on this one? Yeah. I think it's all a blue chip. Blue tip. Blue chip. All right, and give cornerbacks a blue. Yes. If not the best, one of the top two or three best cornerback groups yes. in all football. That's a blue chip group. Denzel, Emerson, Newsome, and even Cam Mitchell all showed out. How about the safeties, though, G? Uh. You could go a lot of different ways with this. The concerns, depending on what you I, value I think and it's look a good at. Group. It's a good group. Is it a blue chip group? Is it good? It's definitely not young and unproven. So where do you fall, G? Hey, man. Your man, he got a good number, but that's about it. Shout out to my man, Thornhill, man. You look great on game days, but I was expecting some more plays, dog. I know Jason Lloyd talks about he has good pursuit angle. That ain't getting it done on your Madden rating. Like, they don't, your pursuit, and your pursuit is a 97. Uh, well, what's your tackle then? Like, he was hurt a lot. Uh, I got it at a yellow. Um, I I don't really see, like, it is a position. Look, he's reaching a lot. Like, there's a lot of reaching going on. No body-to-body contact. This is like a middle school dance. Like, this is... This is <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah. That's like the fourth time he's referenced middle school today. Middle, yeah, middle school was like, back in the day, they used to be like, whoa. Did you run into your middle, middle school sweetheart or something? No, <laughs> I didn't have one back then. But they'd be like, no, don't you be, what you doing? What y'all doing? They ain't even play certain songs. I'll give it a yellow. I, I like Ronnie Hickman. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. He tripping. It's a, it's Rodney a, McLeod, McLeod? It's a green to me. I'm going to tell you why. It's a, it's, a, it's a green to me. Grant Delpit is on his way to being a blue chip player, oh, right? And I blue. think that I think that 
Juan Thornhill didn't live up to the expectations coming in. That's a fair assessment. But I don't think he played God awful. And then what I really, really like is De'Anthony Bell and Ronnie Hickman. I think you kind of like came up on two really, really young safeties that have a lot of upside and seems to play very well in Jim Short's uh, scheme and system. So much to the point to where if the Cleveland Browns moved on from Juan Thornhill after this year, it was because of how, how well that De'Anthony Bell and Ronnie Hickman has played. So to me, it's a, it's a good group led by Grant Dopit. He has some injury history. He has some injury concerns. But when that dude is on the football field, he has shown that he has elevated himself to a top 10 safety in the NFL. I think Thornhill is good enough. And I love the upside of both Hickman and Bell. So, so you went green. G went yellow, which means I'm the tiebreaker here. The gentleman to my right, G. Bush, made some compelling points. Mm -hmm. I didn't think Juan Thornhill was the game changer the Browns brought him in to be this season, but I thought he played okay. okay. I thought he was solid. He did what he was supposed to do. He didn't make any extraordinary game-changing plays, but he was solid. Grant Delpit, I thought, was on track to be a pro bowler this season. Mm -hmm. Injured again. Injured again, which goes back to the yellow category. They pay a lot of money to their safety room, which brings up some contract concerns. Is it all worth it? We'll find out this year as Delpit comes back from injury. But at the end of the day, this is one of the position groups I didn't love just having these four categories for because I thought there's kind of a middle, middle ground. But I went with green over yellow because of what the gentleman, two people to the right of me said, and that's Hickman, Bell, Thornhill, and Delpit. If any of those four are on the field at any given time, I'm not like, oh, no, we got a weak spot in the secondary. We, yeah. got, a, we got a glaring weakness for somebody to attack. And as a safety, in the most simplest form of your job is the back line of defense. Mm -hmm. Keep everything in front of you. Don't be the one to give up the catastrophic play. And we saw when Thornhill was out against Baltimore in that first game, when they had McLeod come in, he was serviceable, but he gave up that one slant route across the middle, terrible pursuit angle. That's something that Thornhill didn't My do. Tyvis pointed it out, and Coach Tyvis, I like Delpit. I really like the potential of Hickman. I think that could be a potential undrafted free agent steal down the road. And De'Anthony Bell is, is perfectly serviceable as a fourth safety. So when you look at the <coughs> big picture of it, I think it's a good. I don't think it's great, but I think it's a very talented okay. and productive safety. Okay. Uh, I'll change my pick to uh, unripened bananas. <laughs> it's, in, it's in that in-between category, which, uh, which we're going to do before the season starts, after free agency. We'll go through. We're going to change the categories. We'll make our own UCSS version of this. Yeah, we should. And we'll give it a little more defined roles to the, to the groupings, but there'll be more than four. It'll okay. be like one through six, where you could have the – they're good, but I'm not sure how good. You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll do a little more. So, Earl, uh, Anthony, excuse me, run us back through the final results of our Defensive Championship Foundation. Yeah, you guys gave defensive end blue. Defensive tackle green, linebackers yellow, cornerbacks blue, and safeties green. And then from yesterday, you guys gave the QB yellow, running back yellow, wide receiver pink, tight end blue, and O-line green. I feel pretty good about that. All in all, I feel pretty good about that. I like it. Awesome. All right, and before we grade some rookie classes, what do you got on deck? Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.